Hey everyone, this is Dan the GM, and I'm bringing you episode 79 of What the Dice. I hope you guys have been enjoying these episodes as I have been pumping them out left, right, and center. If you guys haven't already joined us on Discord, you can find our links over at whatthedice.weebly.com. On top of that, we've got a YouTube channel that we're putting a bunch of stuff out on. We got uh, releases multiple times a week. I try my best to get as much stuff out and give you guys a pretty good variety of what what the dice does, which is weirdness. Mostly weirdness, not going to lie. But don't forget, guys, whatthedice.weebly.com, that link site will get you everything and everywhere that we're connected. So I'm going to shut up because I have been rambling on for too long. And I'm going to let you guys get started with this week's episode of What the Dice. As we look out across the sea, we watch the waves crash down upon each other. The old man, standing behind us, clears his throat lightly. <clears throat> well, my friends, it seems as if... The adventurers have cast themselves into a sea of mystery. Fay and Clyde interrogated or likely questioned Terry as Defibulus and Kalila hang out on the casino floor and learn to listen and have met a strange man known as the Collector. Well, there seems to be much more mystery in this little scene. How about we go back to the campsite, sit back, relax, so you may hear me tale. So, in the last episode, you guys had a chance to wander around the ship, ask a couple questions. Terry was interrogated. So, would he be interrogated? Yes. Woo! <laughs> Good one. Uh, the Fibulus got insulted by two elves, and Kalila ran into someone that she has met before and ended the episode getting lost, staring out into the clouds. And I think there was a bad pun at the joke end. I'm not it, sorry. It was a perfect one. It was about some perception. The Fibulous and Faye. Faye? Faye. I don't know why. I just want to keep calling you Faye. Uh. Question. I don't know why. Yes. Do you mean Clyde? What did I say? The Fibulous. Fibulous. <laughs> uh, okay. Apparently I can't keep names straight. Clyde and Faye, what would you guys like to do? Well, I'm going to turn to Faye and suggest that we just do a search of all the empty rooms first, because that'll be quick and easy before we start pulling down people for questioning. Sounds good to me. Let's uh, start at the end of the hallway, I guess. Sounds good. Team up. Always team up. Okay. Keeps everybody on. Yep. 
right, so I need perceptions from both of y'all. 11. Mm-hmm. Okay. Blackjack! What? 21. She yelled Blackjack. 21. Uh, okay. Casino ship, right? Okay, all right. Yeah, except none of y'all are gambling. Not at the moment. As you enter into this room, you take a preliminary look, and the it almost feels too sterile. The bed is made and tucked all nice and tight. The overthrow blanket is folded meticulously at the foot of the bed. The bathroom area has been detail cleaned, and the door left open. Everything is perfect. I'm gonna ask Terry, how often do the unroom, unused rooms get uh, reviewed and cleaned? He goes, I... Well, if no one rents the room, we secure it for the flight so that no one may enter it except for crew. This is, a tip- is this a typical uh, cleanliness of a room, or does it seem... I don't know. Um, too well done. He looks in. He goes, that's how it looks when we left port yesterday. Day before yesterday. Oh, okay. I mean, it looks like when I walked into the room, you know, it, it, it looks like an unused room. It looks good to me. Um, can I get... I kind of wonder if I could get Hugin to come peek around and see if he sees or smells or notices anything unusual. I mean, he's not my pet, but I can ask him, right? Yes, you can. What do I need to roll on that one, if anything? Well, technically, Hugin is a character, so you need to talk to Hugin. And then Kalila would do the rolls, because it's her pet, and she has the character sheet. Alright then, Hugin, can you take a look around and see if you notice anything unusual, buddy? I'll give you a couple of little front foot stamps and look around or what he starts meandering around at least to you guys perception check for Hugin which is the weirdest thing I don't think I have said that in 70 something episodes cherry puppies 18 he finds a casino chip that has been lost one that is worth 10 gold he will Eventually, the giant spider or big spider comes back to you with a casino chip under his front foot, and he slides it to you. Thanks, bud. Um, is this dusty or anything, or does it look fresh? How long has it been here? Uh, it looks like it's got a layer of dust on it, so it's probably been here a while. It looks like it may have like fallen out of someone's pocket, rolled under the bed, and just went into like a corner somewhere. Lucky day. You are ten gold richer than uh, you started today. Split it with you later, buddy. Okay. Gives you a butt shake. Alright, I think that's it for this room if we're not finding anything else. I concur. To the next empty room? To the next empty room. In this room, it feels like the... It's a slightly smaller, but identical to the last room. Everything is white, folded, tucked nice and tight. Um, shower doors left ajar. Bathroom doors left ajar very clean and sterile, like the last one. 
Hey, Hugin, you want to check this one out, too? Yeah, meander. Perception? Three. He finds nothing. He eventually just comes back and just sits. Alright. Find anything, Clyde? Oh, nope, I did not find anything. What'd you roll? I rolled a one, so I got a six. So Clyde basically just looks around and goes, It's white. Looks as clean as the old room. I, however, have rolled a nat 20. With a nat 20, you begin to be a little bit more thorough. To the point of you start undressing the beds. Or bed, duh, because there's a single bed. Digging through, you eventually find a small satchel of gold. Or satchel, yeah, satchel with gold in it. Opening up the gold, you look inside, and inside you see 300 gold pieces. You'd think somebody would notice this going missing. Is the, Does this look like it's been here for a while, too? Yes, it looks like someone had maybe... Tucked it away drunkenly and then forgot about it? Yeah, like, maybe it was that this is their emergency fund in case they they gamble too much away and they're hi they hide this from them drunken self and then probably either struck it big and forgot about it or was drunk and forgot about it. Alrighty then. Alright. Uh, I'm already moving on to the one because I thought I was like, yeah, that was fine. So let's get a another perception check from everyone. Nine. I, I'm tripping over how someone just left behind a bag of gold. I rolled a two. <laughs> and what did Hugin roll? I watched my dice tip from a natural 20 to a two. <laughs> this room is clean. You can trip it over it too. Yep. Hugin's just sitting there. No one asked him to look, so Hugin doesn't care. <sighs> Clyde, as you look around... You do find that, you know, the bed is slightly not perfect like everything else, but for the most part, there's nothing in here. Okie dokie. Alright, so to the next room, I'm assuming. Yes, now research the collectors. So you're going into the collector's room. Yes, we are. Alright. I'm assuming Terry hasn't been saying anything, just been standing there like, okay. Well, that you guys are running the investigation unless you are trying to blatantly steal. These other rooms were unoccupied. No one was in them, so he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. All right. The collector's room. As you guys enter, you notice that this room is a little warmer than the rest of the rooms. You also notice that he seems to have extra blankets. You also notice that there are multiple wooden briefcases or traveling boxes that are stacked in the room. What would you guys like to do? Go ahead and search it, or do you have something particular you want to do first? First search, to me, I'm going to search walls and floor before going into anybody's stuff. Okay. What about you, uh, Faye? I will peek through the top layers of things, and if I feel like I'm finding anything that something's not adding up. If I get that gut feeling, I'll look a little bit deeper, but mostly just surface level of things. All right, perception checks, please. Seven. So Clyde has the seven. This is my usual perceptions. Yeah. Okay, 24. So as 
Clyde is investigating randomly, you begin to peer into a couple of the boxes, and it's almost almost creepy the amount of action figures, like little wooden figures, uh, game pieces, cards, just this it's an obscene amount of children's toys or games. You find a small leather ball that's not been filled. You see, like I was saying, like dolls, like hand-hewn dolls. Some of them look brand new. Some of them look old. Some of them look like they're practically about to fall apart, but they're being held together I'm going to stop real quick and put on a pair of gloves and handle them carefully. I am a trained archivist. Okay. I don't think anybody would have hidden anything in there, but I'm going to keep poking through the very top layer. Okay. I need another perception check. Same as before. You dig a little deeper, and then you find the dolls become different. They are... You see, like, little toys of kobolds and orcs and like not the normal toys you would see in a toy store type thing like these would be stuff that people would have to order like have custom made you see you even see like chest games that the board looks like they are made from obsidian and pearl but it's missing pieces that type of like it's he definitely collects weird things getting any weird vibes off of any of it or do you just collect stuff well I mean it's up to you how you perceive creepy he is an older gentleman that has a pension for drinking and has a bunch of action figures dice playthings. so I, I guess that's more on if Faye thinks that's creepy Jamie the old collector that's not very nice <laughs> coming from the guy who's literally got almost every single bobblehead from Fallout above me. <laughs> right, I was about to say, um, you're, you, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're walking <laughs> on something nice there talking about who's creepy with toys. <laughs> um, Legos. I've got Legos. Yes, I do. I love my Legos. Okay, anyway, I'm gonna, uh, back on out of the boxes. I'm not finding anything particularly, uh, alarming in there, I guess. Dude just collects some strange stuff. Um, and start looking through things like anything that might be on the desk or in personal drawers. All right. Roll. 30 even. 30 even. You dig around, dig around, and you find a scroll. As you unroll the scroll, it feels like it is a lot longer than it should be. And you see cities. You see names of or I guess names would be a, a, a proper way to say it like an, um, maybe like shop names uh, followed by city names and there's a lot of checks and it looks like this list is pretty old looks like it's probably got started some of the older dates date back you know seven eight years and then some of the ink is faded a little bit so you really can't determine exactly what else is there and you see, like, chess piece. Um, or you see, like, king, pawn, rook, um, six-sided dice. Um, you see 
two of hearts. King of hearts. It's his inventory. Yeah, but you see things that have not been checked off, so it might be more his collector's list. Gotcha. Okay. Clyde, would you like to do anything? Well, now that I searched the outside, I went to, like, search the bed and his inventory. Um, but she did a lot of the inventory, so I'm not going to search the inventory. Do you want to check more, like, the closet in the bed? Yes. Okay. Perception. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> eleven. Alright. With an eleven, you start in the closet. And you see... He has about five or six outfits, all the exact same. Maybe from different, maybe they're like, you know, just slightly different thread count, but they are pretty much, he has one outfit that he likes to wear. Okay. And he has no, like, paperwork or anything anywhere? Not that you can see, but you do find on the bed, tucked underneath the pillow, a book. And it's how to craft the uncraftable. It looks like a book that someone that is a um, tinkerer or someone who built equipment would use. It has like tips and tricks on like how to make seamless cuts in wood where if you have, um, you can slide two pieces of wood together and it kind of makes a perfect seam where you don't see it, where you don't need nails or glue. Oh. That's interesting. I think of defibrillus in this situation. What are you going to do with the book? If it's nothing that pertains, um, I'm going to remember it, actually. Because if there's... Hmm. How to make perfect seams. It doesn't say on how to, like, find a place that would have a perfect seam, would it? Um, it would be more... It's like a how-to on how to make them. So if you read it, you could probably, in theory, reverse engineer it and figure out what you're looking for if you're trying to find something that's hidden using, like, those hidden seams. All right. Um, how long would it take me to read the book? Or... Well, it's about the thickness of an average textbook. So it depends on how fast and how well Clyde can memorize things. Okay. Well... I'm going to point this out to Faye that this is actually really good information for us in case we come across something later. Oh yeah, this one's pretty popular at the library. Or it was. Um, I can probably get my hands on a copy if you think Defibulous would like it. I think definitely, but I also think if I could spend some time with it, it might help us in the this situation if um, there's something, you know, in our investigation that causes that to have a um, seamed area or a seamless area. Then we can ask to borrow the book. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep the book out uh, uh, for our investigation. So you're just leaving it out to where you can find it? Yeah, so I can reference when we have the collector to talk to him about it. Okay. Kalila's got a not Koala. Faye has a really good uh, memory. She will remember that. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily leave that out. Put it back under his pillow. He'll feel weirded out. And we want them to feel comfortable with us. Well, it's something to reference. So I want him to know that, you know, 
we had to search him because we were going to talk to him and it's something to talk to him about. Because if he has already read this and memorized it, maybe he can help us also in the investigation because he might have a better idea of things to look at. We'll want him to be comfortable with you. I would bring it up in conversation when you're asking questions. I wouldn't necessarily leave it out that you have found it out of his secret spot, his, his hidden spot. That's going to make someone feel on guard and less like they want to help you. Well, you referencing know, it but... while it's secretly put somewhere is kind of, to me, more like they would be on a ground, like, oh, he searched there and then he put it back. So uh, I'm just going to leave it up here that way I can reference it for when he, because he's going to know that we looked around his room no matter what. Right, but it's polite to put things back. You saw how carefully I handled the inventory. Mm-hmm. Alright. Is there anything else in here you want to look at? I don't think so. Alright, let's get out of here. Hugan, did you notice anything, buddy? He rolled a 14. Mm. No. Just shakes his butt. Alright, so can we see if we can get the... Ask to see if we can get the collector down here to talk to him? going to take the book from wherever Clyde left and stick it back onto the pillow. Uh, I'm going to do a perception check and bring it back out. Boy, I wish I had a gem. I'd take you down right now. Put that back. This is about being polite and keeping people off their guard. Exactly. They will be more on guard if, if it's referenced. Look, I'm not saying reference the book directly. I'm saying reference the techniques within. Ask if they would be willing to help us with a search later. It looks like they know their, their, their stuff. Don't necessarily reference the book itself. But you, no, see, you can't reference something without, you know, I'm leaving it out so I can talk to him about it. Harry uh, gives you a bow and exits to get the collector. Um, Defibulous and Kalila, you see Terry come up the stairs, walk up to the collector, whisper something in his ear, and he nods calmly and follows Terry down. Clyde and Fanny. A few moments pass and the collector enters the room. He is a nondescript human. Average height, average looks, average hair. Like everything about him is just run-of-the-mill average. Nothing really stands out. He calmly sits down and looks at you, waiting. What time of day is it? Lunch? Yeah, it'd be lunch. You've been probably searching Terry and three other rooms. You've probably been searching for probably about an hour-ish. Okay, that's what I... Yeah, yeah that's, that, that makes so, that uh, out. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, my name is Clyde. I'm the paladin from the Holy City. Um, I want to inform you that we are doing an investigation of everybody. Um, and that we did, uh, receive permission to look around, uh, your room. He seems to nod calmly. There's just some happenings that have gone on recently. Um, that's one of the reasons why we are currently, uh, stopped at the moment here. He slowly stands and glances out the window and goes, Oh, yes, we aren't moving. Walking over to his things, he opens up one of the suitcases, reaches in his pocket, and places 
the casino chip in with a stack of others. And he slowly closes it. So my first question is, um, have you ever dealt directly with uh, the captain or any other of the um, supervising officers? He goes, well, I purchased my ticket from the captain while he was in a small village. I was there collecting a few small knickknacks. And judging by how some of my things are just slightly out of place, I would assume you've looked through them. The cobalt figures, I knew a merchant that was selling them. He seemed to have taken an interest in me and offered to sell me a ticket on discount. I accepted it, and here I am. Seeing that the lizard folk have decided to open up a new casino, I wanted to see it for myself and see if they had any interesting pieces to collect. Okay. So you met the uh, the captain directly? Yes, I have met everyone directly. Oh, perfect. Okay. Um, and yes, we, we did go through a few things. I will not uh, hold that back in any way, shape, or form. I want to let you know that straight out. But like I said, it's because we're inducting our um, investigation and trying uh, find out exactly what's going on and if we can resolve the situation as quickly as possible. He nods. He goes, well, I have all the time in the world to wait. <laughs> um, so, some other um, questions. Uh, did you see anybody um, now, as I've been on the ship, I, as far as I know, um, I have not seen you uh, yet, but you know, I'm not everywhere at all times. Have you seen anybody interact, you know, angrily with any of the staff or um, the upper management in any way, shape, or form? He gives a slight chuckle and goes, Mr. Uh, Clyde, you said your name is, correct? Yes, of course. I am what you would call a recluse. I came here for merely the transport. The only time I have even stepped foot on the casino floor was when I arrived and when I went up to acquire this chip. And it was recently, during the lunch music festival that they have going on, which that is very lovely music if you have not heard it. I've heard several tunes from the desert region and they all seem to have their unique qualities. I may end up collecting instruments one day. They seem to be just as unique as game pieces. Would you not I say? I would. Each has a, a different sound and a different way to um, produce other sounds that incorporate the wide range that we hear. He nods. Um, we did... Um, find this book here and I reference it. I did not want to just put it back away because I actually wanted to talk to you about it. He goes, yes, I collected that a few years ago. There was a master woodsmith that produced a handful of handwritten copies and I was gracious enough to acquire his last copy. That's fantastic. Um, have you read it and understand the material? He goes, no, I have not read it. I've just thumbed through the pages just to enjoy the man's handwriting. I find 
the concept of building with one's hands tedious at best. I have hired many people to deal with what I need dealt with. I just simply travel and collect. Okay. Um, another question was, with this book, and I know it is his last copy, um, would you be willing to let me read it? Because it actually might help us um, in our investigation and possibly um, another person on my team to understand to find something that might be um, tucked away in a seamless area that somebody else might understand and know how to create this kind of thing. He places his hand on the book and slowly picks it up, looks at it for a moment, and then looks at you and goes, Unfortunately, I cannot let this book out of my sight. It is a one of a kind. Oh, I'm sure you'll be able to find other versions of this that were copied by skilled scribes at any library or at any woodworking station or woodworking shop. He did produce quite a bit of them. Okay. So unfortunately, I will have to say no on handling my collectibles. Okay. And I understand. Um, uh, another question would be, is if somebody came to you and you know looked through it with you would that be the last um able meant to look at the book he goes unfortunately i again will have to deny it this is a very very rare piece of knowledge and when we land at the lizard folk i am very sure that you and your friend can acquire the book at any scribe station. They keep pretty good copies of them. It's still pretty much a standard. Okay, that's what I was just checking to see if we could look at it now to help with the investigation. I appreciate it, though. Thank you very much. He nods. He slowly turns and looks at Faye, staring at you, not staring, but waiting expectantly for you to ask any questions. You have an excellent collection. Uh, can I go ahead and roll perception or, no, or sense motive real quick to see how I feel about his answers? Absolutely. 22. With a 22, you don't feel like he is lying in any way. But the way he says things, especially about the collection being one of a kind and things like that, kind of give you that, like, this is really weird because you've being a being in a library you would recognize first editions and even last editions and this just doesn't seem for someone who collects what he collects a book just seems kind of out of the ordinary so the book is the only thing that kind of makes you apprehensive i i would like to take a quick look at it using gloves so that i don't disturb you know leave behind my finger oils um knowing that it is such a rare item to him. Staring at you carefully, I have a 19 on uh, to detect if you are lying. So are you trying to lie to him or hide anything in any way? No, I just didn't get a good close look at the book. Um, 
based on the title, um, I, I, I was aware that it existed, but since it's the last one and was handwritten in certain areas, I'd like to take a quick look at them. He places the book down on the desk and just opens it up and he goes, please make sure that you do not smudge any of the ink. I'm a professional, don't worry. I'll go ahead and carefully peek through the book. Perception. 29. As you flip through, it's pretty standard. Everything about it is relatively correct. Like the the way their handwriting is, is clearly like original authorship. Until you get to the last pages, it looks as if either the person had fallen asleep writing or something like that. The ink trails off the edge of the uh, the pages abruptly and a lot of the ink looks like it had been smeared. You know, if you like fell asleep writing. Right, I know what that looks like. <laughs> Do I notice anything unusual about the contents of the writing? It is the exact book that it says the titling is. It's You've seen this book a thousand times and you've probably checked it out more than that uh, when you worked at the library. It was a very common anyone that wanted to be a carpenter if they did not own a copy of this book they have read it probably a thousand times okay i will gently close it and tell him this is in fact a unique copy and i can appreciate that thank you for the privilege of handling it he nods and he goes if there's anything else i would like to return and listen to the music got anything Clyde? i do not with a bow, he slowly exits the room and disappears up the stairs back at the uh, casino floor. I'm going to ask Terry to tell um, Defibulous and uh, Clara that we had the collector, just so they know. Terry gives you an odd look and then nods. And as he walks up, he eventually walks up to Clyde and Defibulous and lets them know that they have finished their... God damn it. Hey, I'm a Clyde. Kalila and Defibulous letting them know <laughs> that the collector had been interviewed. Speaking of Kalila and Defibulous, what would you guys like to do? Before Terry came back up? Either way. Well, I mean, unless the questioning literally, like, what, took like five, ten, five, ten minutes? Yeah, about five, ten minutes, yeah. Not a long questioning. I know one thing Defibulous will do. Hmm. Hey, uh, Kalila. Hmm. Oh, hey. Turning around from her cloud. So, what are the clouds saying? Fluffy thoughts? I don't know. I don't trust those clouds. Head empty fluffy thoughts. <laughs> they are rather suspicious. The clouds are always sus. Well, I mean, I got, I, I have managed to be insulted by two elves already today. Wow, making uh, short work there, huh? Short jokes. <laughs> You're welcome. I thought thought bigger of you than that. She goes, no, but turn it free. Ah, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. But apparently the, the human chick is obviously not all there or doesn't understand much of anything. What the, do you mean? She ain't the brightest bulb in the shed. Yeah, I mean, she didn't seem terrible. What'd she say to make you think that she was that stupid? Her, her uh, elf. Oh, and also be careful. He may come try to purchase you. What? 
<laughs> this is the second time I've nearly been purchased. What? Oh, he is wondering how much one of you, one of you, your kind costs, since you know you've obviously gotten past eating fish by the river. Was it the third? How rude! All right, so the uh, elf man to the the human lady is a rude. Got it. And his wife is like going to get him and her cut off, I think, from the family fortune. Uh, the sister, her sister. Who said that? Alright, so there's a family drama something going on with them. Didn't he hear that one of them was like looking gonna be profiting off the potential sale of the ship? Yeah, the husband. So there's the elf husband and the dwarf per merchant that are bidding for the murder. Oh, apparently. you know who knows a lot about that? Terry. I remember in the, remember when I went on when in the beginning when we first got here and Terry kept rambling things about oh yes they want to bid and buy this or something something ship things and I asked I got really confused. Well, so far it sounds like the biggest person to gain from gain for the ship it's going to be the dwarf and the elf. Yeah, but I'm saying Terry knows what's going on about that. He knows who has a bid and what and and the money situation. We need to talk to Terry. But then again, the wife could also be spiteful enough to do something stupid because she wants to see him. She doesn't like her brother. He's ruining the family name. So these three are suspicious. The the human and the elf couple. And the clouds. Always. Well, light right to get. get yeah, Kalila is going to write that down to make sure to uh, send it to Clyde at some point. I want to clear up some things because you got some stuff kind of confused. So you have the elf male and the elf female they are married the elf elf the elf, elf male is has the human female as a mistress the other person that is bidding on the murdoch is a dwarf merchant so you have the elf husband and the dwarf merchant that are bidding for the murdoch wasn't he gambling with a uh, baka um at one point they were, but currently the gamblers are a halfling, Golcat, who is human, and Baka Baklava. Okay. Baklava. Must protect fancy man. Must protect the fancy man. Yes. Alright, well Kalila's still gonna write that down because, you know, good information to send to both Faye and uh Clyde as so that way they know that what they're finding out gossip wise up top. But Kalila's going to wait until Terry gets back up here because she knows he, she's going to see him at some point. Terry does actually come up just a, a few minutes after the collector returns up the stairs and goes to sit at the bar and drink. Terry walks up to you and goes, uh, Miss Kalila and Mr. Defibulous, they wanted me to let you know that they have finished interviewing the collector. Oh, Nodge goes, Terry, do you remember when we first got on board and you started telling me about the the, the the ship drama with purchases and stuff? Yes. Can you repeat all of that and go into more detail? He goes, well, currently up for bids is the Murdoch. The elf, he gives an, a light head nod towards the elf over in the corner, talking to the human. His name is Volan. He currently has a bid of 500 platinum pieces for purchasing of the Murdoch. 
giving a nod over towards the dwarf at the buffet. That is Gol... I'm sorry, Kolnakot. He is a dwarf from the Undercities and has a bid of... another bid of 500 platinum. Currently, they both have gotten bits and pieces of the crew to sign away their bids. It has become a war of charm. Whoever can get all the signatures would then regain, would then take control over the Murdoch. And from there, be able to say who does and doesn't work here and what the Murdoch's future is. Where do you stand on all this? He goes, I am an employee. I don't have a stake. I would like to stay, but the captain refused to continue my service seeing I asked for an extra hundred gold a week. That's not that much. Especially since you, you... What were you saying this thing was worth? Or selling for? Currently, it's 500 platinum. Platinum. Come on. A hundred... That's petty. So wait, which one is the new captain you said that's saying no? Uh, it was the old captain that said no. The, the one that's dead. Yes, the one that is deceased. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't want to say that too loud. So why did he refuse to uh, re-sign your contract? Yeah. Because I asked for 100 gold a week instead of my current pay, which is 50 gold a week. Wait, oh, you, you only get paid 50 gold a week doing what you do? Correct. That is, uh, I have all room and board taken care of, and I get to travel the world for free. So they told me that they would pay me 50 gold a week. I accepted foolishly, and that was five years ago? Five years ago. So he was just wanting to be cheap. Well, I don't have any formal training in dealing with noble politics. Kalila's going to oh. have the most surprised cat look face that she could have on that with the could have fooled me. Because I have learned a lot in five years. And as I was telling your associate below, I come from a family of house stewards from the Holy City. Really? Yes. My family was either a house steward or worked for noble homes. So just out of curiosity, call it the cat cat curiosity, who do you think did it? I would not know. Uh, My job is not to speculate in such things. Just tell me all the information that you possibly can? I am not telling you anything. I am just providing knowledge that every noble should have. Fair. She was alright, did they ask for the next person or they what? They just sent me up to tell you that they have finished interviewing the collector. Alright, take this note back to them, please. Yes, ma'am. Anything else you guys like to do while he makes his way down the stairs? Which everything in the note was everything that Terry said and me and Defibulous found out, so that way they can pick whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Would you guys like to do anything else? On the casino. So Lila is going to then start going, all right, who do we want to go eavesdrop on next? Should I go learn to gamble? You have the money to gamble? I mean, I have some coin on me. How bad can it be? Well, some of these gambling gamblers are doing like thousands of gold at a pop. Oh. Maybe not then. But um, one of the things you guys didn't check was the your uh, welcoming thing. There were free casino chips in there. Oh! Faye has a handful. Yeah, Faye stole a handful of them. 
I did not steal. They were there for the occupants of the room. I am an occupant of the room. I picked up a couple. I only took a few. Like, a quarter of them. <laughs> only a quarter. Yes, a quarter. Four people. I took one-fourth of the tips as one-fourth of the occupancy of the room. Would Kalila by chance remember or Defibulous? I think Kalila would re remember because of the... There's fruit and there are these strange wooden discs. Um... Just a straight roll to remember was a 13, so probably? Yeah, you would remember there was something weird. Hey, don't you use those colored brown disc things to gamble, Defibulous? I mean, I've seen people at the table using them, yeah. What, there was some in our room. What if we went and got that and, like, pretended to gamble? They're free. Mm, we can try it. Do you know how to gamble? Um, I travel with you guys. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> okay, look, warn me before you murder people, okay? And you guys let me have wild shot. Yeah, that's another mistake. So if we're really willing to let you have wild shot, good roll on setting the bar on fire, by the way. Hey, I got it paid for, and now he can get some re re uh, restructuring done to his place. Make it look better. Yeah, that is true. He kind of did need to redecorate. Just don't tell Grandpa that. I won't. He'll punish you, too. You know, fortunately, he didn't acknowledge me very much. He was too busy arguing with Clyde. Well, that is a full-time job. He goes, should, should, here, I'm going to go back down to our room and go get some poker chips really quick. Okay. Well, let's... Alright, so you get 750 chips. I don't know how to count these things. How many do I have going up to Defibulous? Defibulous will take a look at him. There's basically uh, chips for 50 and chips for 100 and a couple chips for 25. So it kind of breaks up. It looks like, yeah, it, it looks like you got 750 and like miscellaneous, like 150 and 25. He will explain those to her. She goes, all right. Should we go gamble and eavesdrop and see what those guys are saying? We can just uh, avoid, watch the, remember that one guy is kind of a racist asshole. Oh, is he the one who wants to buy me? No, that's the elf. Oh, okay. That's the elf. The other racist guy. The other racist guy. She goes, alright, do you think they would, like, do a free... Let, let, let's go see if they'll teach me how to gamble. <laughs> the angry racist versus the opportunist racist. Yeah. The, um, that gnome might be hell... I mean, he's teaching the orc. Halfling. Gerbil. Hamsters. Space hamsters? I'm down. Let's talk to him and see what he says. Alright, so they're gonna just head over to the poker table. Alright. As you walk up, um, you see Baka Baklava, his coach, that you never actually got his name, and Golcat are all gambling away as the clockwork robot is dealing cards. Bakla Baklava currently seems to be holding the most money. As he is also seeming to bet the lowest right now. As you approach, Baka smiles. He goes, you come play? I don't know how to play. Can you teach? I teach. I say. The halfling across just goes, yeah, he actually might know this game well enough for him to teach. I'll just watch. Make sure there are no bad mistakes. 
So one free hand to teach me the rules? She looks at everybody. Golcat raises an eyebrow and goes, well, it depends. You got any money past that? Does it matter? Well, this is a gambling casino, kitten. Well, is not going to know how to react to being called kitten and just look to the other two, ignoring him, being like, one free round to teach me the rules? Baka's like, I teach. The halfling's like, it pisses off Golcat. Let's do it. All right, I'm down. How about my friend, too? Looking at Debibulous, I'm assuming, came with me, yes? Yes. Okay. So are you two going to gamble together and split the 750 chips, or are you just basically just going to use the one free hand for right now? Are we brain teaming up together as, like, one one person, or are we splitting? Let's try one person at first, then see what happens. I agree. Okay. So, Baka Baklava goes over the basic rules of 21, explaining, you know, face cards are 10, um, and then number cards are equal to their number. Aces are either 1 or 11. Yeah, those are the rules. I had to remember. Um... <laughs> After a couple of minutes of explaining everything, he shows you all of the different cards so that you get a visual understanding of what's going on. Handing the deck of cards back to the clockwork robot, it begins to shuffle and starts to deal. Goldcat is leaning back, laughing as you see a 10 and a face down card. He's laughing, he's like, oh yeah, you black cats use bad luck. Man, I'm going to win every dime these guys got after you leave. Letting them, getting them all cursed by you. Best thing that's ever happened to me. Can I sense motive on him? Absolutely. 18. He is overly cocky, and you probably know that he's probably got either an ace or a, a face card underneath. But you also have this sense that mm, he might be cheating. He might either be counting cards or something like that. Fabulous is going to keep an eye on him. Kalila, I need you to roll a d20. A straight roll. 14. As each person flips over, the halfling hits a 16. Golcat pulls out an 11. Golcat, or I'm sorry, Baka pulls up a 20, and you pull up a 21. Woo! Baka go, you win! Play again? She'll look at Fibulous. Yeah, go ahead. I'll keep an eye on things. Alright. She'll play another hand. As you guys are playing, they are keeping the bets low. So, 25s. Aw, they're being nice. Golcat is bitching about how the that no human is bidding on the Murdoch and that, you know, there are some great kings out there that could really do having a, a place like this under their belt. It would even take a... It would even put Holdkeep back on the map. Baka seems to just kind of stay quiet about when, he's, when uh, he starts to talk about, you know, humans needing this, that, and the other. The halfling just sighs and goes, well, if the humans weren't so needy on technology, maybe they would be able to survive in the world without it. You're the ones that seem to have figured out how to make black powder. And you guys seem to can't figure out how to do anything else without it. Goldcat seems to be kind of snarked about it and slams his fist down and literally threatens the halfling. The halfling is cool, calm, and collected. And Goldcat walks off. Baka 
it waits until he is far enough away and just starts to laugh and goes, Gullcat has short fuse. He goes, boom, real quick. She goes, clearly. And he's also very rude. Baka just kind of chuckles. He goes, I think it's the, uh, the, the human condition. Make humans mean and rude. The halfling looks at Baka for a moment and just chuckles. He goes, well, the human condition is life and death. Sliding out a ace of spades from his sleeve, he goes, that and Goldcat doesn't know when he's being pickpocketed. Sliding the ace down, he chuckles. Kalala's going to reach over and see what uh, he had as a hand, too, uh, since he's revealing that he apparently stole an ace off of Goldcat. Goldcat had an 11, so he had a jack and a two. Or, I'm sorry, a jack and a, uh, yeah, he had 12, so jack and a two. Nothing good. Right. The halfling looks over at Defibulous. He goes, you want to sit in? We could just play to play. No betting. You guys play a couple rounds. I want to check something real quick. All okay. right. Kalila's going to stay and continue to listen and gossip to see what these two know, essentially. As you sit and play, it seems as if Baka has been traveling for a little over a year. And he's met up with his halfling friend about six months prior. And they have been best of friends ever since. They've gotten to a few bar, bar brawls and things like that. But all in all, Baka has been shown to have more intelligence than most people give him credit for. He just doesn't speak as educated as others. And then this halfling is his friend. So they're just yes. here to have fun and gamble. Yeah. They're not here to buy the Murdoch. No. Okay. So they're not really associated with them. Okay. Correct. Uh, Defibulous, what would you like to do? He's going to follow the uh, racist jerk and see what he does. The racist jerk storms over to the bar, orders a drink, and starts to drink. He w Defibulous will uh, order something that's not alcoholic. <clears throat> And kind of sit close enough that he can keep an ear open to see if the guy mutters anything. As Defibulous listens to Golcat drink away and grumble about how if he had two wits about him, he would put that half-orc in his place, we're going to end this episode here. Well, 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 me friends. It seems as if the group is slowly learning more and more about what's going on behind the shade. And of course, Clyde and Faye had a chance to interview the Collector. I've met this man once, you know. He wanted a strange model ship an old captain of mine used to keep in his quarters. Well... Needless to say, the captain sold it. But, unfortunately, my friends, that is all the time we have for this evening. And as always, may the dice gods bless your every roll. We here at What the Dice would like to thank Paizo for creating Pathfinder, Epidemic Sound for our music, as well as Sirenscape for our sound effects. If you would like to reach out to us, you can do so on Facebook, 
at whatthedicepod, Twitter at whatthedicepod, and of course email whatthedicepod at gmail.com. And if you liked our little adventure, please share us with your friends and rate and review us. 